I want to continue today on the greatness of God and how it relates to man. It's so different than how nominal religion defines it. It's so different than the world defines it. If you weren't here uh, two weeks ago to hear the message entitled Resuscitate, I would encourage you to listen to that because it will give you more of a review than I can give today. But that message and today's hopefully will stand alone. Here's our scriptures, Genesis 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created everything, the heavens above and the earth below. And here's what happened. At first, the earth lacked shape and was totally empty, and a dark fog draped over the deep while God's spirit spirit wind hovered over the surface of the empty waters. Then there was the voice of God. Let there be light, and light flashed into being. God saw that the light was beautiful and good, and he separated the light from darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. Evening gave way to morning, and that was the first day. Now Genesis 1, 24 and 25. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Now verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. It's good to know that we have dominion over the creeps. Selah. You're liable to get anything today. Uh, Now Genesis 2, 7. And the the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Image is the Hebrew word selim, and it means to shade or it means to cause a shadow. Formed is the Hebrew word yatsar, and it means to squeeze something into shape. It's a pottery term of what a potter does to clay. He shapes it and he forms it into what he wants. He uses his hands and he sculptures with it. Likeness is demuth and it means to fashion or it means to resemble or it also means to sculpture. Again, it is a pottery type term. He, the potter sculptures, fashions. And in brief, we saw a couple of weeks ago that when God made the universe and brought new creation from a waste place called earth, he did so with the words of his power declaring be and it be came, be came. He said sun be, earth be, uh, grass be, trees be. And he mass produced them. He didn't say uh, grass trillion, trillion times for every blade. No, it was mass produced. He spoke it into being. But when it was time to create man, the creative genius of God, for the first time in all of time, was changed. And he did not say be, and man was. He didn't create man with his words. He used his hands, and it speaks to how Father God relates to us. God knelt in the dirt 
of the Garden of Eden, and he allowed his shadow to, to fall on the ground, Salim. Then he shaped man into the image and likeness of that shadow, shadow Yatsar Demuth. He, he sculptured man, he shaped man. And then he breathed into that, that clay man, and man became a living soul. He resuscitated him. And we saw that when needed, he can still resuscitate our soul. He can still breathe life into, into us. He, he breathes his life into his children. The great God of wisdom, the great God of precision, skills, and absolute genius refused to mass produce man. He would, he would be, man would be hands-on. His fathering touch would, would shape his, his children. His fathering touch would work to bring out the best in, in us. In other words, you are to be a hands-on heir with uniqueness that is personalized by Father God. Personalized by Him. Personalized by Him. Why does the, the book of Genesis, the Genesis account, from the very beginning describe God and, and His greatness in creation like this? To show the relationship difference God has planned for man. To show how special we are. To, to show how loved we are. To show how important that we are to the Father. To show how much God wants to touch us. And to show how His loving touch reveals His value to your life which will, when understood, raise your self-worth and it will, it will then raise confidence to become more of who you are. It will raise confidence in you to become more of who you potentially are. Potential simply means hidden abilities, hidden talents. There are things hidden in you that, that are your potential. And God's, God's uh, self-worth, his, his worth towards you causes self-worth to rise and you begin to stretch forth for more potential. Why does Genesis begin this way? To show how much God wants to shape good and abundant life into you. To declare, you are always within my reach. To declare, I'm always available to touch you. My hands will steady you. My, my hands will hold you. My, my hands will guide you. I refuse to be a distant father just commanding you to be this or that. No, I'm going to be a very involved father. I'm going to be very engaged in the lives of my children. My care for each one of them individually is personalized. It's personalized. I will be a hands-on father from the very beginning of their lives. I have been unable to get away from these thoughts for three weeks or so now, I actually began a little before New Year's. It's one of those revelations that, that occupy you. I don't know how to explain it, but there are some revelations that just, it's like they get hold of you differently. They, they fill your mind, they fill your being, and it's always there, it's like a constant theme. And I feel there is something about the greatness of God and His hands on as a loving Father that we have just got to understand. It, it comes to me as though it's like the Godhead. Uh, it's so important to the Godhead that we understand this, that we know this. Because understanding uh, this will change us. It has absolutely changed me. 
It's changed my mind. It's changed my actions. It changed me. It will raise the level of your faith, the level of your actions. It will raise life to a new level so that you accurately portray who you really are as an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. King David writes about this in Psalms, saying a very unique line. He said, God formed my inner parts. That phrase is so important to understand. It's so revealing. And it speaks to your tremendous worth and your awesome potential. It points to a worth that understanding God's greatness and understanding his fathering heart will give to you. Psalms 139 verse 13 reads this way. David says, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame or body was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Now, what book could a man 3,000 years ago be trying to describe um, without the technology that we have today, without the understanding scientifically that we have today, what would, what would that book be that he's trying to describe? I believe that it is a part, a part of it at least is our DNA. Because recorded in your DNA is who you really are. It's encoded into every cell of your being. Down to your hair color, down to your eye color, your gender, and there's only two. Your gender, race, likes, dislikes, tendencies. It's all recorded in the DNA like a book to be read. And there are experts now that are very good at reading your DNA. In other words, who you are in your inward parts, that can be read. But they are not the experts that Father God is. He's the expert that put it there. He wrote your codes before there was one day to your life. You are unique to him. He put potential in you. Potential you can become. Like, like things in the beginning, became. But again, note the difference now. Unlike the rest of creation, man has a say. Trees didn't have a say. He said, be they were. They didn't have a say. Uh, a cow never had a say. He's a cow. He was decreed. But, well, unlike the rest of creation, man has a say in what he or she becomes. He just doesn't, de he just doesn't declare be and, and you are. His sovereignty doesn't decide that. You must participate. You must participate in your potential or not. Understand, please, the picture of creation. 
Understand, now you say it. Now, see the, see the shift and how he's relating to man rest and, and not the rest of creation. Now, you say be. It's your turn. Now you say the yes. See, he's mentoring you to be something. What he's mentoring you to be, he's already declared. He's mentoring, mentoring you to be a manager to manage things on the earth for him, but also manage your own life's potential. Father personalizes the potential, but you must agree with that potential. Now you say, or you choose, I will be, whatever that is. I will become, I will become who God made me to be. I will follow his ways. I will follow his word. I will follow his will. And I will yield myself to follow the potential of my father that he put inside of me. Inside of me. Again, he's the one that put it there. And with his hands upon you, you begin to discover as he leads you along, you discover more and more and more of the potential. He puts personalized potential inside of us. Some call this callings or uh, leanings or dispositions that fit us, even vocations. Calling doesn't have to mean fivefold ministry. Most of you are not going to be called to preach or or participate as a pastor, evangelist, etc. But that doesn't mean there's not callings upon you. You could be called to be a business person. You could be called to be a plumber. You could be called to all kinds of things and have motivational gifts put inside of you to, that are personalized to you, that, that, that fit inwardly who you are. Potential that with his help, with his hands helping, you can become. So he made you to, to become. He made you to succeed. He made you to fulfill purpose. Walk with him. Allow him to steer you. You, you, you can find no better guide. Understand. He can even create ways for you. He's creator. You say, there's no way. Well, that doesn't matter. He can make one. He's a creator. He loves to do it. He, he delights to do it. He will mentor you, and he wants to do exactly that. That's, the, that's one of the major principles coming out of the, the Genesis account. Father wants to mentor children. Passion Bible. Psalms 139, verse 13. You formed my innermost being, shaking my, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your, in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I wake each morning, you're still with me. The last few lines of that text, David is using Hebrewisms. 
that emphatically just emphasize God is always mindful of you. He is always mindful of his children. He is always mindful of his heirs. Message Bible reads, Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Again, see the principle. He sculpts from nothing into something. In other words, he wants to make something out of us that we can't be without his hands. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages, all the stages, all the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. What an amazing revelation is given through David. I hope you're beginning to understand it at a new level. It took me probably a little more than 10 years or so to even begin to understand the revelation that I'm trying to give the last, since the first of the year. Because my self-worth, uh, because of how I was raised, it kept me from... Uh, reaching my potential. It kept me from even trying sometimes for my potential. It, 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 my self-worth had been decimated, but the, the revelation of the Father changed everything and it released potential in me. I even know I had latent abilities. You know what I, I hated about ministry the most was public speaking. I didn't like to do that. I didn't want to do that. I'd take an F before I get up and talk. And I didn't know that it was, a, it was something encoded into me that, that if I would walk with God, though it took many years, I didn't go to Bible school until I was, I don't know, 28, 29, 20, something like that, because I, I wasn't going to do that. I... I, I probably shouldn't feel good about it, but I, I felt so good when I found out that Martin Luther King Jr., his worst class that he almost failed at Moorhead was public speaking. There was a, a latent ability. I didn't know was there. I, I had walked from that. But God... Because I understood the Father will never lead me. He, he will never guide me where he hasn't, what he, into what he hasn't prepared me for, though I may not understand it. And now I have to stand and, and talk to people all the time. Or I shouldn't say half, I get to. What amazing revelation. Father God skillfully and carefully is involved in shaping us in our mother's womb. He begins touching us at conception. That's why abortion is so vile. He begins touching us at, at conception, putting within us DNA, traits that can accomplish purpose for our lives that he put in there. Purposes that we can accomplish if we choose his will, his way, and put ourselves in his hands. Purpose that his fathering touch can steer us into.
Purposes that Holy Spirit can assist. Purposes that even angels assist. The Greek word for purpose in the New Testament is prothesis. Paul told his son in the faith, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.9, God has saved us and called us according to his own purpose. Again, it is a purpose that we must say yes to. We will become to. Prothesis. Pro means before, and thesis is a written report. Perhaps in school, your teacher had you write a thesis on something. That's the meaning of this word. Prothesis means this. Before you were born, before you were born, God wrote your thesis. He wrote down intentions he had in mind for you. Sometime in the eternity past, the Godhead thought about why you would be. Why would you be made? Why would you be put on earth? They thought about who you could potentially be as an heir, an heir with them, an heir of God, which, which, which means, and it blows my mind, but it means your life has spent time in God's mind. He thought about why you would be. The greatest being in the universe has thought about you. Again, it addresses your worth. He thought about potential he would put in you. And then he put into you what you would need to accomplish it with his hands. He, he, he wrote it into your book. You. He put it into you. He put into you the ability to succeed. He, he writes no codes for failure. None. He planted his worth into you from conception. And he wants you to know it. But not only that. David says, all the stages of my life were spread out before you before I lived even one day. Amazingly, there is no stage of your life when you are out of the Father's care, not one stage. He wants to touch you in all of life's stages. He wants his hand to assist purpose and and success in all the stages. His desire is to touch you in every stage of your life. Ephesians 5 and, and verse 26, Message Bible, everything the Godhead does is designed to bring out the best in us in every stage, in every stage. Adolescent, teenage, Adult, marriage, family, vocation, even older age, even older stages. In other words, you're never going to outgrow his desire to touch you, his desire to mentor you, his desire to guide you. He wants to work all things for good to those who love him and, and are following, uh, called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. New Living Bible, Psalms 139, verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That word made is the Hebrew word kwaneo, kalneo. And it's the Hebrew word for meaning created, or it means originated, or it's the word for an original, to be an original. 
God reached into my life and he reached into your life when you were an embryo. And he began to shape and he began to sculpture. He originated you. You're an original. As the old saying goes, you're an original, don't die a copy. Be you. It's okay to be inspired by others and the traits they may have, but be you. He began to put you together in your mother's womb. It was there in that soft, protective comfort. His hands and, and his wisdom began to become involved. Your inner parts were originated by, by him, called Neo. He wove into you likes, dislikes, gifts, talents, abilities, personality and life perspective. He wove tendencies into you. His hands wonderfully made you. Mother Nature didn't make you. It only participated. Fate did not shape you. you are, you're not merely the biological combination of mom and dad. No, God made you. His hands, his skills, his wisdom were actively involved. You were not mass produced. You are handmade. Before you ever took your first breath, God set his love upon you. How great he is. And the amazing truth of Scripture is he continues to work on the born-again ones all of their lives. Those he calls heirs, those he calls sons and daughters. He continues to work their entire life, every stage. Those who receive Jesus as Lord in a very real way are putting themselves in his hands. Of course, uh, because of life, we tend to sometimes forget this truth because life sometimes puzzling. There's so many complexities thrown our way. Life can be complicated. And at times, we must re be reminded of the special relationship that we have with Papa, with, with Father God. Sometimes we need to be reminded of his unerring wisdom and the work of his hands. The prophet Isaiah talks about this in Isaiah chapter 49. The people of God were saying, because of their enemy's aggression, it was a very difficult time in the nation. It was, the times were, were really horrible. And the people had begun saying things like this. The Lord has forsaken us. The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Ever feel that way? The Lord has forgotten me. He forgot about me. In response, God says these words to them in Isaiah 49, 15, and 16. And they are so revealing concerning the Father's nature. Can a woman forget her nursing child and, and not have compassion on the child of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you in the palms of my hands. He says to Zion, the, the people of God, I've carved you into my hands. You're tattooed right here. You're cut 
into my hands. The Amplified Bible actually picks up on the Hebrew theme and it says, I have indelibly imprinted a picture of you in the palms of, my, of each hand. God doesn't carry a wallet. Somehow, who you are is encoded into each hand. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're encoded into my hands. I cannot and I will not forsake you. I lo my love for you is in everything I touch. My love for you is in everything I do. I'm always mindful of you. Our ways are continually before him. Not one fleeting moment of life goes by without him knowing exactly where you are, exactly what you're doing, and exactly how you're doing. The sons and the, the, the daughters of, of God who trust him find our life is always in his hands. He's got our future in his hands. He's got our children in they are in His hands. Our circumstances, they are in His hands. Our friends, even our foes, are in His hands. His love and His care for us is impeccably consistent. He has yesterday's failures in His hands, shaping things back into good life again. How many times has a failure in my life been turned as he shaped it? Said, let's just, let's reshape, let's go on. He has today's challenges in his hands. He has tomorrow's surprises in his hands. God says, forsake you? Never. I've got you engraved in in the palms of my hand, I want to continually touch you. I want to always help you in every stage of your life. We are finite human beings, true. And we've got to understand that we can only see the past and we can see the present, but oftentimes the future the future is a bit frightening. It's obscure. But creation tells us, the scriptures tell us, that there is a hand to hold to. There's a hand that can bring calmness. There's a hand that can bring assurance. There's a hand that can bring safety, peace, guidance through every stage of life. Even one's life on this fallen planet messes up. Even one's others may mess up for us. Even ones we mess up ourselves. I just wrote the foreword of a book on sonship or daughtership for one of my apostle friends. And in the opening of the foreword, I quoted the difference between religion and relationship where being a child of God is concerned. Again, religion has taught a wrong perspective of Father God, and it's messed up a lot of people. It messed me up. Religion, I messed up, dad's going to kill me. Relationship, I messed up, I need to go talk to dad. He'll know what to do. In every phase, never fear dad. Go talk to dad. Go talk to dad. Keep holding his hands, whatever the stage, and his hands will, it'll reshape. 
remold, recalculate, renew and restore. There's, uh, there's an, an old song I heard when I was a small kid in the Appalachian Hill countries of, of Southern Ohio. I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when Dutch and I were down in the Shawnee Forest, um, 63,000 acres of wilderness. We were in a cabin. I was reminded of this when we were deer hunting there. Up in those hills and back in those hollers, you can still find small, tiny little white churches, country churches everywhere. I mean, they're on dirt roads and they're on top of a mountain. There's no houses anywhere. How do people find them? Way back up. Oh, there's another one. And my dad, who was an evangelist until I was about eight years old, he preached in many of those country churches. I'm sure we passed a couple uh, that week that, that he probably preached at. And of course, I attended many of, of the, those services. Um, Mom and dad goes, he does a week revival or two week revival. You're going to go. Can't sit at home that age. And I've been in so many of them, I don't even know how many. But there's no, there was no piano in them. Perhaps a guitar was, if somebody brought a guitar, they had one there. But, and there would be 30, maybe 40 people there on a good attendance. And the pastor would, would get up, and this is how they did it back then. Who's got a song? <laughs> and they would just sit there till someone felt a song. And I often heard this one. I, I don't know why God has, has often prophesied to me through songs, but he does, like how great thou art. It's prophesying to me every day since the first of the year. It, 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 it's a prophetic song for this, for this year. I often heard this one, and, and when I thought about it, I realized I have never heard the music to this song. Every time I ever heard it, it was a cappello, no music. And it always started with just the first word of the chorus. I guess so everybody could hear it and, and then join in. And you gotta, you gotta rock when you're singing it. Or you could lean. And they would begin to sing. Somebody would sing, hold, just hold it out, hold. Hold, everybody knew where we're going now. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Unchanging means constant or consistent, dependable, trustworthy. Time is filled with swift transition, not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring, if 
my earthly friends, forsake me still more closely. I will cling when your journey is completed. If to God you have been true, fair and bright, the home in glory, your enraptured soul will view. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Through all the stages, hold to God's unchanging hands. Constant care. It's in His hands. He will not leave you whatsoever life may bring. I'll sing that better someday to you. The true ecclesia to function at destined levels. It's got to understand God's greatness and His faithful care. We are never out of the fight. We're never without His presence, never, no matter what life throws our way. The sons and daughters of, of God who trust the Father are never out of His faithful care to function in these times. We must understand that, to face the challenge of this era. We must know that. The value of a sculpture or artwork or a painting. It's often not determined by the piece of art itself. It's determined by the author. It's determined by the originator. In other words, a painting by Picasso or Rembrandt is worth far more than a painting that is done by the members of the Starving Artist Society and sold at flea markets. Genesis 1 teaches, creation teaches, you're not sculptured, you're not made, you're not made by a starving artist, you are an Elohim. You are a Yeshua. You're the work of the master's hands. You're, you're, you're a God work. And your life kept in his hands continues to reveal more on the canvas than we ever thought was possible. Life becomes a muriel instead of just a picture. In his hands, scenes begin to take shape that that weren't there before. Color and, and background start to appear and the picture starts to become more clear. That curved line that I saw on the canvas, it just, it, it made no sense. It was actually a smile being painted by the master. The scenery I was staring at was really just background to what he was really painting. It was just filler that would cause what he had in mind to become more vivid, more alive, more clear. It wasn't the whole picture. He's the master. He has the whole picture in mind. He's the master creator. Keep yourself in his hands. He has the whole picture, the whole picture in his heart, the whole picture in his, his mind. It's in his hands. The God of all wisdom, the God whose precise calculations designed the universe, the God of impeccable planning, 
the God of such awesome power and authority that his word be could ignite a universe. It could ignite worlds. That God has you in his hands. That God wants to bring his personal touch to your life. That God knows how to bring precision into your life. He knows how to regulate your times. He knows how to change your times. He, he, he knows how to reset your times. Just keep your life in his hands. Hold to his hands. And tough times of struggle become adventures, adventures of faith and testimonies of victories pulled out of the mud. Go talk to dad. Never be afraid to go talk to dad. Singers and musicians, come please. Perhaps today you need to talk to dad. As we worship, as we <clears throat> give him praise and fill this house with worship, whatever your need is, talk to dad. You need healing today? You got to talk to dad. He knows how. You need whatever the need may be. As we worship, talk to dad. He knows what to do. Say, what's well, a mess? Well, he'll reshape messes. He's good at it. Stand, if you will, please, and let's begin to worship. And uh, however you talk to God, talk to God as we sing. I felt all week long this message, and I want to try to get it to you because I just felt like we live in such a time when we've got to understand no matter what, we, we go talk to God. It'll change you. This will do what nothing else can do. I mean, you could talk to me and I, I might give advice. I don't know, but I can't reshape your times. He can. I don't know your future. He does. I don't know what potential is in you. I know it's there. He does. He wrote it in your book. You hold his hands, he'll take you there. He'll pull potential out of you. You didn't have any idea. He wrote there before you were born. Talk to dad.